0: Welcome to Trade Winds. I am your host Tara Solberg, the founder of Few and Far and Indigo Love, two halves of one thriving business. I am a South Coast girl from a small town and when I launched my business over 10 years ago I had no idea what I was doing. What I did have was passion, drive and a commitment to learn as much as possible on my way. I will take you through each chapter of my unique business story. You will get real insight into the lows and highs, the trials and triumphs, and the many many lessons learned. In fact, I will share all of the things I wish I knew when I was starting out all those years ago. So consider this your personal invitation to take the first step on the journey of a lifetime towards owning your own business. So here we are for another episode of the Trade Winds Podcast, and I have somehow miraculously been able to drag Danny back in for another episode. (laughs) He swore in the first one that that would be the only one, the one and only but um, or somebody told him the other day that he had golden tonsils so maybe that has given him that little boost of confidence to come back in and um, have another chat with uh, all about the next stage of our business journey so thank you danny thanks for coming i appreciate it <laughs>
1: yeah, no happy to be here
0: so today i wanted to just go back again and take you all back on the moment or i guess the that period of time that we experienced after we'd opened our first store. Um, So we'd been open and operating for about a year and then all of a sudden we were presented with the opportunity to fast track our five-year plan and to open our second store in Huskisson, um, which was completely unexpected but the opportunity came to us um, through another local business and it was a cafe called Pilgrim's Cafe some of you may have heard of it and some of you may have really enjoyed their food I know that we did we visited their milton store every weekend you know followed by our little stop into the homeware stores but um yeah it was something a brand that we really admired and they had a really great local following so yeah they had approached us um and presented us with the opportunity to possibly share a space with them and to open up Well, they
1: were looking at a space yeah, they were looking. Yeah. They were looking at a space in Haskins and from memory when they approached us, they were looking at a space in Haskins and they thought it was too big for them. Yeah, and they thought, well, we'd love to do it with someone and, and have you know collaborate. And I think the original idea they came to us with sort of changed after we sort of thought, okay, well, this is the vision we kind of get <laughs> when you say this. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, that That's sounds pretty, pretty cool. good. That yeah. sounds pretty cool. Um, and for us, you know we were happy to take as much space as we could. So the original concept was for them to have quite a small cafe. I mean, if you've been there, one in Milton, it's it's quite small. Cozy, yeah. Um, and then, you know, would we be willing to take up, you know, a generous amount of that space? So...
0: Yeah, so yeah. we were super excited i I still remember the night that we went down to meet with them and we had dinner at the cafe um really yummy dinner by the way Mm. (laughs) but we all sat around the table and we tossed up all of these ideas and we were all just so super excited about this whole kind of you know vision that we could bring to life and you know the different possibilities that um that could you know, come our way by doing this. So it was kind of then and there that we were just, we just thought, yes, this is a good idea. Let's Mm. have a go at this. And I guess, you know, it was something that we'd always wanted to do anyway, opening up that second store. So yeah, we thought, let's go for it.
1: Yeah, but the challenge for us was to do something that we weren't already doing or, you know, a bit, or do it differently. So yeah, so that, that coming up with something different Uh, that wouldn't would compete with what we did I mean we wanted to make our own competition Um, I think that's a positive thing you know competition draws attention to a category I mean the food court theory but so we had to do something different but um, thought well how how do we make this different
0: and also but also kind of similar in a way I guess like we we were going we knew that we wanted to incorporate homewares but I guess pairing it with a a cafe or a food place Mm. um we thought maybe it could be exciting to add some fashion in there or
1: well we wanted to do i think going back again it's a long time ago now but the making it more lifestyle was probably what we concentrated on we wanted and there wasn't much of it even around was there like Looking back at what we did, I, I think no. it was pretty unique. I, I mean, we a had time. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> I, I mean, in a bigger, now if we did it again, we'd do it in a huge, huge. concept, but yeah. uh, and it sort of happens a bit in America, I think, but not so much in Australia where it's it was a true lifestyle kind of store, you know, it had I mean, in the end it had fashion and you know, footwear and homewares and furniture and we sold clocks and yeah all um, lots of the interesting things kind of tried all... to
0: give it the little bit more of an urban outfitters kind of thing yeah I guess. probably yeah a bit
1: inspired by that but then but but different yeah, yeah not not so youthy as urban outfitters no. but then yeah. um yeah somewhere in between maybe
0: yeah and i guess even just making the decision to jump into that uh, as we did mm-hmm. like we sort of didn't really think Twice about it, really? Did we? Because we thought that the opportunity was a really good one to grab hold of. But I guess being able to do that was because we'd had that first year of business of running few and far, mm. and it had been successful for us. So just having that win, I guess, made that decision so much easier because you kind of had a gauge of what you. Yeah, can I think it. I
1: think, yeah, for sure. Because I think when you when you have Wins. It just gives you confidence, and when you get confidence, you start trying to kick bigger goals. And before you know it, you know what seemed like a huge goal, maybe you know years ago. Now it just seems like ah, I can kick that. Yeah. So, and I think you get excited by the vision. I mean, yeah. You know, like we've said it before, we're very visual. So I think when you sort of visualise it, you go and that'll look like that, and the cafe there, and do this and we could do a wall there and then we do that there and we can make it look like this and we could get you know we could do a cool counter and da, 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 And these are the sort of brands we'd have and then you start to visualize that in your head and then that's it you, you just get you, too you, excited. Yeah, you're hooked <laughs> and away you go and it's just you know and then the whole process is kind of exciting too um, yeah
0: yeah definitely but i know even coming into that as well okay so we'd made the decision that yes we wanted to do this mm. um but as usual cash flow was an issue like this was this happened in august 2010 which wasn't even a year after Mm. we first opened because we opened in september 2009 for few and far so august 2010 we'd only been operating for a year obviously putting all of our profits back into the business to buy stock so thinking of okay from what we actually have access to here how are we going to Finance this business and how are we going to buy stock? So, especially if we're going to have to buy all that furniture and you know, fill it, what would be the best or most efficient, economical way of going about that? So, then we kind of jumped onto Alibaba and thought, let's try and source our own uh, range of Chinese furniture because we'd bought Chinese furniture from some suppliers in Australia. And it had actually sold really well from up for us in the Few and Far store. So we thought if we're going to get some of that, we need to probably try and source it for ourselves mm. so that we can kinda of cut out that middleman.
1: This is going back to our experience too yeah. you know we came from a fashion surf fashion industry or accessories yeah. and stuff. so going to China for us was not that big a deal. Well, we, we
0: didn't we, think it was well, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, We'd been all over China with our previous roles and you know ordering and stuff. so we were, I guess we weren't scared about actually going to China and then you know and I think having the two stores we thought well, we do this and then we can spread that across two stores and we would overlap in that way with furniture but i think it would probably become our strength you know one store could recommend the other store across the road or vice versa so yeah we decided to bite the bullet and get on a plane
0: but there was more to just getting on a plane wasn't there like there was quite a bit of a process in terms of you know leading up to that actual moment we kind of really didn't have any idea where to start like as much as we'd been to China we hadn't done anything like this we'd never bought furniture and everything was always laid out for us, in terms of you know the suppliers that we needed to visit and what content we needed to cover and where we had to go mm. and where we we're staying, all of that sort of thing. But uh, I never, I'll never forget sitting down in that little office room that we had at the back of the store and trolling through Alibaba and thinking some of these suppliers looked pretty good, but who knows if they are. But you know there was one there that had similar pieces in their profile. To what we had previously bought Mm. so we thought well let's make contact with this one and I know we sent off a few emails to a couple of different ones and in that one their communication seemed quite good so we thought let's go with this one so at that stage that's when we kind of decided looking
1: back they probably had translation software on their (laughs) emails or something because yeah i'll get to the story but english wasn't really happening no
0: (laughs) (laughs) but i guess too when it came to the cash flow side of things uh we'd made the decision that we really wanted to do this but it was going to be expensive so both danny and i couldn't go together just one of us could go so of course i nominated danny
1: (laughs) well the idea was that that one of us go that i guess i went but um trying to limit i guess if it didn't go well then you know go for four days if it doesn't go well come home we three days or whatever it was and come home and and you know go well we tried and yeah well we we sort of thought
0: Three days was long enough for you to hopefully find something.
1: Yeah. Well, we had made contact, so yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, three days was long enough for you to be able to find something and not too long if you couldn't. Mm. So therefore it wouldn't have cost too much money Mm. um, to be able to come back and Mm. it wasn't a, a waste of time, basically. But so, yeah, off you went on the plane. And it's funny
1: looking back because I remember it's it's one of those kind of like, yeah, yeah, we can do this, we can do this. And then when you're on the plane by yourself, you're <laughs> sitting against the window going to a place you've never been before with no idea what's <laughs> going to happen at the other end. You're kind of halfway through the flight. I'm just like, what am I doing? <laughs> and I remember, I'll never forget it because I was reading that book, Shantaram. Was it Shantaram or Shantaram? Shantaram, Yeah. And I remember reading that and reading about India and you know these like how I guess um you know different it was and the the culture shock and here I am reading this book and it's I'm in the, in the middle of the flight going what am I doing I've got no <laughs> idea where I'm going um, you know, I had, you know I, even just getting from the airport to the hotel I, I don't know, it was kind of a bit of a yeah yeah we can do this fearless you know i can do anything but a little bit stupid yeah when i i I can i'll never forget being on the plane that was my first overseas buying trip running solo and i remember being on the plane just just thinking what am i doing what am i doing i thought oh well worst case doesn't work out i'll watch movies in the hotel room and get back on the plane
0: yeah but what about that hotel room (laughs) i remember just getting a, a call from you so you'd arrived and everything and you said to me oh my goodness the hotel that we booked i'm in the middle of nowhere there's not even like a mac is nearby
1: because i have this thing when i get to places that i have to and the worst part i reckon about going places new is when you arrive at night yeah so i arrived yeah. In like the middle of the night, like I, I th- maybe about ten o'clock. Actually, I think I would arrived at the airport at ten o'clock. So from the airport to the hotel, I got there okay. Um, which, like, that was quite a while ago, and I got a taxi. Which, by the way, I would not get a taxi <laughs> in China ever again. Um, <laughs> just don't. Anyway, Have a driver. Yeah, get a driver. Get a yeah. transfer. Whatever. It's just not worth it. Anyway, so I got to the I got to the hotel room. And it was, would have been, I guess, 11 o'clock at night. And I was looking out my window and I was like, I just got no idea where I am. So I remember thinking, I'm going to go for a walk. <laughs> and I went for a walk in the middle of the night and I probably walked about three Ks until I found something that I thought, so, okay, this is where I can go to a shop or this is where I, I just had to get my bearings. I remember feeling so locked, sort of like, I want to know where I am and I want to know what's around so I had a little look around online I thought well I'll walk this way and I just kept walking until I found something and I was, and I felt a bit better after I'd walked around and got my bearings and and then back to my room and had a sleep and then woke up next morning and I and then um took off
0: <laughs> and so tell us about that first day how did you actually get to where you needed to go taxi again
1: I got a taxi because we had the address, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. So we had the address to this place. So I got a taxi, um, got there, and it was a street that had a like it was an interesting street. There's actually a couple of like stores on this street. And anyway, I've got to this supply, I found them, and I went to talk to them, and it's just basically zero English.
0: You were carrying around a calculator. Yeah,
1: and then they said, and it was sort of, it was like you know, it's me, (laughs) Danny, (laughs) and, oh, Mr. Danny, Danny. you know, like, and that was about as far as we got, and okay, and they sort of, seriously, I'm not lying, zero English. (laughs) So, anyway, we worked out that I needed to go and have a look at, I guess it was a warehouse or something, you know, taking me somewhere else because they had this place and it was a bit there and I thought this is cool. Um, anyway, so we worked out that we we're going to go to, other... oh, well, I probably walked around that place from memory actually that, and again, no English. So it was basically sort of pointing at things and then typing numbers into a calculator yeah. and then me going, oh, Okay. And then so that happened for a little bit and then we sort of organized to go to this warehouse and then we sort i got in this car and then i reckon we drove for a little, like close to two hours and the whole way i'm trying to go how far like where are we like how far are we going like, for you imagine just getting in a car with total strangers for two hours and just with no idea where you're going to end up, or no idea where the road ends, or no idea what time you need to get there, or even get back, or are they going to say, Oh, let's just stay in a hotel? Or, <laughs> oh, and then we finally got to this warehouse, and it was like, Yeah, 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 yeah. So the product they had was all good, but I just couldn't. I'm like, So this is all good, you know, prices, I guess, seemed okay. Um, right, oh, there's enough for me to sort of buy here, but how am I going to? Do how this. am I gonna actually organise this deal? Like mm. there's no there's no English. Like it's zero English. So <laughs> anyway, I got back to the hotel late that night, I rang Tara and said, Yeah, yeah, they got it's really cool, it's awesome stuff, but they don't speak English and I don't know how to organise it. I don't know how to actually even like tell them you know where to send it or... It was it, just and you, zero. And
0: you had another... They were going to take you to another warehouse or something the next day too, weren't they? Like you yeah, had
1: and I, well, I think I did go to another warehouse the next day. Yeah, and then, you
0: did. Because you still... Yeah, yeah, by the
1: end of day two, and I had one more day to go, I'm like, okay, everything I need here, but I, I just don't know how to get them to understand how to arrange this shipment. And and for me, it was the first time we'd ever done it. So an arranging shipments is it's a bit of a trap for there's a lot of traps there's a lot of things you can do wrong and if you don't know what you're doing and we didn't you know so I was sort of relying on someone's like well you've done it you know how's this work you know what how do I you know what's involved how do we get this into a container that's what I was kind of hoping to do there is is do that side of it you know if was one thing to have the stock we needed or the, the pieces that were interesting and everything that was you know tick easy but organising the shipping and organising payment and how you paid for it and mm. all those things, all the terms. Even and, how
0: much to buy. Yeah,
1: how much yeah. to buy. How do we calculate how much I can fit in? And
0: yeah,
1: I, it was just We were just pretty clueless. I had very little idea of that sort of side of it. Um, and then without English, it just wasn't happening. So on the end of day two, I think I rang Tara and said, look, I don't think this is going to happen. But I did say... Um, they because they, they, I think we got. I tried to have a discussion with them about shipping, so they dragged someone from up the road down to talk to me about shipping. They must have been mm. someone they knew, or they've got someone in anyway. They've got this young girl in, and she was maybe slightly better than no English at all. And so, I kind of by then I'm kind of like getting frustrated, and I just said, if 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 someone doesn't pick me up from the hotel in the morning, and this is my address. Hotel, and I was basically must speak some English. And I, uh, don't, it sounds sort of arrogant, but it was the only way I was going to make it work because <laughs> I don't speak Chinese. So the next morning, uh, again, a young girl, a young girl turns up, and um, and straight away she's like, you know, hi, Mister Danny, da, da da And straight away she spoke good English. English so I yeah. sat in the car for her at the front of the hotel for probably oh, at least an hour, hour and a half. basically asked a million questions she answered them and it was like oh wow okay well she's like so how long have we got i'm like well till three o'clock this afternoon because i'm on a plane tonight So then it was just uh, the craziest day ever of yeah. working it all out. And somehow in the last sort of, you know, five hours of being in China, we managed to sort of get it done. You did it. We did it.
0: Yeah, you did, and you did it. And even it. then,
1: though, I was coming home going, oh, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, you're not confident. we to get what we're yeah. paying for <laughs> here, but... <laughs> <laughs>
0: but when it arrived you'd done such a great job like all of the pieces that you'd chosen and everything like it was exactly what we were looking for and you know the fact that it actually arrived then we were pretty happy about that so so yes but even
1: back then you know remember that, that was our was that our first container
0: well we'd had the Indonesian container before yeah, right. that so it was but our first
1: real proper f- like foreign experience foreign container in terms of, like, so even then it was you know so how's this work when yeah. the container arrives and yeah. you know how do we organise to get that down to us and then where do how do we unload it like do they you know do they open the doors who opens the doors does like, this work <laughs> is a we just had no idea. So even that one, I think we got it delivered in the main street of Huskisson. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because, well, with the store that we were sharing, well, the space that we were sharing with pilgrims, they we didn't have a storeroom or anything like no. that. So at least with few and far Huskisson, we had the room out the back and we had a little shed out the back and it had back lane access. So we could kind of have containers delivered almost discreetly back there um and you know unload everything and put it straight away but when this one came we were thinking oh what are we going to do here and i remember because i was working at Far, i remember seeing the truck drive down the road and thinking oh wow oh this is going to be interesting <laughs> yeah. and then so i had just a... saw it pull up out the front and mm-hmm. danny basically tell him to Open the doors and we'll unload it on the footpath.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we unloaded it off the top off off the truck. So yeah. no ramp, no nothing. Yeah. Sideboards, you know, heavy big pieces. pieces. of furniture just off the off the top of a truck. It was. Yeah. But and the
0: guys from Pilgrims helped they you. They did. Yeah. They were amazing. I and my brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. The- and we hadn't got the store wasn't ready at that stage and it wasn't open so we just literally took it all in and stored it. We there. used it as a storage, yeah. Yeah, until we could kind of sort out and what then we to talked, do with and it. Then, and
1: then we used... The um,
0: back of far to store the rest. Is that what we did? And do? then
1: we... Did we hand carry it across yeah. the road?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think you and Dad did that. Yeah. With trolleys and things like yeah.
1: that. <laughs> we hand carried all these furniture pieces across the road. Oh I remember gosh. everyone in the main street like, Whoa, you guys are... Crazy kind or of, s- yeah. stupid.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah that was oh, that was a big deal but you know it was the start of something obviously i i don't really have any regrets even by the way that we did it obviously we've learned a lot of lessons through doing oh, it that way but
1: we did everything the hard, the hard way.
0: way yeah definitely
1: yeah. <laughs> no, that was hard um It's an experience going overseas on your own, do things like that. I mean, it's, you know, so many people over the years have sort of said, oh, you got the best job, you know, going overseas. and But it's different when you're going, you're not on a holiday. You, mm. You're actually, you got a, you got a mission.
0: There's a lot of know. pressure.
1: Yeah, mm. you're spending, and at that point too, you know, it's spending, we didn't have money, a lot of money. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know you're about to spend, you know, thousands of dollars. And back then when you're first starting, it's so... Um, I don't know. It, it's real. It's a really different experience. It's really different. And even now, when you go overseas, you know you're still going there. Going. I hope I find something good. Or I hope I, you know, get this done. Or I hope we, you know, because you, literally you're trying to make money out of it.
0: Yeah. And then even like you said, you. spending the money is actually hard even though that's what you're there to do you feel like you're constantly adding everything up when you're over there even what meals you're eating the accommodation you're staying in what stock you're buying everything you're kind of calculating that always in your head well even
1: if we went overseas tomorrow we'd still be hitting you know suppliers that say okay well you know the the minimum order requirement is you know a thousand pieces of these things and you're like a thousand Like, like so you're still confronted with these challenges of, oh, do we, do we have a go here? Because it's gambling. You're gambling. It's, yeah. You know, it's an educated gamble, but you're still gambling. There's no guarantees that what you're about to buy and the money you're about to spend is going to give you, you know, the, the return that you hope for. Or yeah. Um, so yeah, it's always a tricky trip when you get on a plane to go buying.
0: And then there was. Um, i guess the question of how to price everything as well because we'd never obviously imported a lot um, ourselves Mm. so just trying to work out how to price that at that stage obviously we weren't wholesaling so that didn't really have to come into play in terms of how we priced it but that was just a Kind of uh, a pluck a figure out, and yeah, <laughs> and
1: uh, you sort of said it before the storage of it. That's yeah. always been tricky. Yeah, I mean you can go and say, "Oh, yeah, I could do that. I could do that," but where are you going to store it? Yeah, where are you going to? Then you're going to start paying for that too, and and it cramps up space. And, and like I said in those early days, my poor brother w- mm-hmm. was forced to take a day off at little to no notice because even then I didn't know that you could sort of book, book in deliveries and flight. go, "Hey, can I get that container delivered?" I just you know i guess during an inexperience or lack of knowledge or whatever the transport company say oh well, we're delivering it at uh you know eight thirty on a wednesday it's like oh okay so will you tell me like is that confirmed he goes yeah yeah i'll confirm it to you in the morning when the truck's left it's like and then he'd leave <laughs> and i'd ring my brother and go yeah it's coming it's coming <laughs> and then he'd have to take a day off and then we'd beg borrow other people and yeah and they're not easy days, are they? Nah. No. Oh, they're long days. days
0: and they're exhausting. Well, they were, They felt like then. They're still
1: long days yeah. when we get Indian containers full of furniture. Everything's heavy. Yeah. A lot of lifting. Um,
0: Cold beers and pizza at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But even with, I just remember the storage side of things. And even though we did store some of the pieces out the back of Fuel Fire, just can you remember? Remember walking through there and it felt like the furniture was just going to cave in on us because we'd made aisles with stuff stacked on top of each other. You could not have fit a single other no. thing in there. Even down the hallway of the back room, we had pieces lined up along inside the hallway in the toilet in the toilet in the bathroom yeah Yeah. (laughs) everywhere so yeah we really used every square or every spare centimetre of space in there so yeah that was that's always a big issue to consider as well um, but so, yeah, so we got that container of Chinese furniture successfully. Um, and then we got on to getting that fit out organized of Indigo Love. And for me, that was really exciting because it was different to Few and Far. Few and Far had a much more kind of organic look. And then Indigo Love was a little bit more kind of, I guess, trendy, you could say. Or mm. how would you describe it?
1: Contemporary. <laughs>
0: Contemporary, yeah. I remember, you know, sourcing out Vivian Westwood wallpaper and we had vintage industrial lights and Mm. pressed metal panels on the ceiling because the building that we had moved into had one of those really ugly ceilings, you know, that are in big office blocks and things like that with those fire-braided sort of panels or whatever it is and fluorescent lighting. So that wasn't Mm. (laughs) attractive. But so we dressed that up and we, we brought... Uh, we bought a whole bunch of secondhand bricks that we bricked up the counter and had a dad had made this really nice top for that as well and the whole thing just looked really it looked really cool we had a massive big square coffee table that we'd sourced and imported from indonesia which we'd had from a previous shipment but that we had bought specifically Mm. for this fit out and we um, put what did we put on there? The a motorbike. We <laughs> a put motorbike. The motorbike on the table. <laughs> so one of the brands that we stocked in that store was Dais. Mm-hmm. So the men's and all of the men's clothing of Dais. So we approached them to see if they'd lend us a motorbike for part of our merchandising and store display, and that really made it. Like oh, that, that was, was really awesome. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So there was all of that kind of side of it, and that was kind of how we established that point of difference, as well as the homewares were slightly different in style. Some of them were a little bit more quirky, I guess, mm. and a bit more sort of fun. Um, so yeah, very different. But um,
1: The books we had were a bit different, a bit more yeah. you know, a bit more humor. And a I don't more... think
0: we'd carry them now. I remember no. the best-selling book in there was like the fight book. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah Yeah, no we don't we don't have those anymore (laughs) um but i guess getting ready for the and the preparation for you know the fit out of that store and our plans for that what i would say and something that we've really learned from that experience is don't ever enter into a handshake agreement So we had a really good relationship with the guys from Pilgrims, and we still do. And everything we sort of just you know we were all just so excited about it. So we kind of just went into it, and you know we had regular discussions and things like that. But nothing was ever, um, I guess, laid out in contract format or on paper. Not that it really or email or anything like. Not that it really needed to be. Well, it should if you're going into something, you know, Mm. properly. It should be, Um, but. I guess um, through that experience, there were a few things that happened during that process that were kind of unexpected. So, and things that they didn't know about either. So, part way through you know almost finishing the fit out and everything was just looking beautiful like we'd basically finished our fit out we had all recycled timber um on the wall behind the counter and
1: And then your dad helped them a lot too. Dad helped we them put panels up on their side. Yeah. Um, we did
0: all the ceiling panels across the whole store so that everything looked the same so that it all had that some same of their feel. Yeah, we helped them import the furniture for their table, all their tables and chairs. chairs. So we organized that shipment for them. Um, But then just as we'd finished our fit out and we were sort of laying everything out, we both had different ideas or expectations in terms of what that layout was going to look like and how much space we had and how much space they had because we'd gone into this process and they were sort of always talking about that they only wanted this small cafe. And then we'd kinda of laid ours in, but then we'd come in and it was all moved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, it was it was all a learning experience.
1: we we definitely had a clear direction i mean yeah. we were we were organized we we're we were usually pretty organized we had a yeah. you know a plan a, a merchant, layout merchant done measured plan, yeah. everything where everything was going to go um but yeah they didn't as much and they were kind of i think they were kind of um they had a bit of a suck and see and then open to sort of you know expanding it or whatever but yeah i think there was a bit of communication lost in on how we would go forward yeah
0: it was all resolved quite easily like we just had a few discussions and things but yeah it that's just where i would say just to avoid those awkward conversations if you kind of can establish all of that if you're going to into business with somebody even if it's in your own business like you know if you're involving a partner or somebody always have an agreement and a formal agreement in place before you enter into these things. Um, I know just after we'd finished our fit out, we were so happy with it. It just looked really good. Obviously, coming from a design side, Danny and I were very particular in terms of how things looked, and you know we had some shelving on the back wall behind the counter that was all proportionally aligned with the counter and all that sort of thing. And then. An unexpected challenge arose that came from the landlords that the cafe guys hadn't really been aware of or maybe just hadn't sort of researched or Mm. something that the the area needed to include a bathroom
1: well the bathroom the bathroom was supposed to be able to be used through the landlord, through the building the because they had their own bathroom within the building but yeah. then the landlord
0: decided
1: the landlord saw how many people were coming through a cafe which is was nothing unusual just normal and thought oh hang on a second no 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 you're not using my bathroom anymore and then and then, uh, somehow through I guess council regulation it was like well you need to do your own bathroom. So I mean, yeah. it was a nightmare for nightmare. those guys too. They yeah. had to cord drill that slab, and it cost them a lot of money. Cost, huge cost, well. huge cost, just yeah. to put a toilet in. Yeah. Um, when there was a toilet literally
0: around the corner,
1: literally, yeah, what accessible five to, meters away, and as it was accessible, was, yeah, which which would. Which they were accessing, and now it's like basically, no, can't use that one anymore. And what
0: wasn't fair, too, was the bank and everybody who shared that building, they were still all able to use the toilets, but we weren't. Yeah. Just because the landlords were awful. Difficult. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah.
1: Lots of learning curves there. But
0: so what ended up happening was they had to find some space to build this bathroom or a toilet, and... It somehow ended up next to our counter <laughs> yeah. can you imagine how happy we were about that mm. but you know we couldn't do anything about it so we just tried our best to obviously disguise the fact that it was actually a bathroom so danny did up some graphics and we had a big vinyl printed for the front of it remember so that you couldn't really see that there was a door there and (laughs) yeah all those different things so that was a pretty big challenge but you know we got through that and you know it wasn't as bad as what we would kind of thought it it would be it was fine and it was yeah it was a really cool store it did well yeah it did and having the clothing and everything was really interesting as well it was completely different ball game
1: yeah that was i think that um wore us down if i'm honest (laughs) the the fashion side i mean well you you know lifestyle store you know like we said it would look cool look great but there was a lot of work in Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. It was a lot of work. You know, yeah. and you're in the homewares industry. I mean, people know this in the homewares industry that, you you know, you go to trade fairs and you've got a whole heap of buying. And then when you go to the fashion side, then you've got range reviews. And it just felt like we were getting pulled...
0: To Sydney every week. Yeah, and... every
1: weekend to do ranges and then this and that. And just being a little team of us too, really, you know, with minimal staff and us being one in an, each in store. store. We didn't yeah. have kids. So basically one to each store every day um it was just it was hard work going to range reviews and selections and whatever they were yeah
0: and fashion too is it costs a lot of money to have a fashion store as well like when you have a range of clothing it might only take up a meter worth of your clothing rack but it costs a lot more than you know something that's big bulky item that takes up that same amount of space as yeah that's well. yeah. very
1: different it's very brand or well yeah. it's sort of changed a bit now with homewares but yeah it fashion's very brand orientated it's very you know get the right brands and okay this is what you can expect get this brand and this is what you expect this is the kind of customer you have so you you basically define what customer you want by what brand you introduce into your store mm. but um the brand thing was hard and and also fashion you know I guess it's an obvious thing to say but everyone's a different size yeah. you know I'm a large I'm a different larger someone else and what looks good on someone doesn't necessarily look good on someone else no I
0: remember even working in oh. there and you know a group of girls would come in or and they'd sort of have a look through all the clothing racks and the frustrating thing for me was that so many people would come in and they would love something like mm. off the shelf or whatever, it might be some a dress or a top or whatever, and they love it, but then they try it on and it doesn't fit or it doesn't quite look how they expected, so they don't buy it. Whereas mm. you know when they can buy homewares, they don't need to try it on. And <laughs> it's
1: it's a it's definitely an easy easier model. Yeah. To sell. sometimes when you're building a business or you're looking to do something sometimes looking at the other side where the grass looks greener you know you're looking at fashion stores and seeing you know you're thinking or what you know they do really well or whatever it is Uh, you can get caught up in that because there's you know they're different very different beasts and what might seem like an easy sell on one side is not it's not easy
0: and each has their own challenges really like you we've been caught up in that whole thing quite often and which we should learn from you know the grass is always greener you're Mm. always looking at people it's like when you're looking on social media and people look like they have these awesome lives but Mm. really it's all just kind of a posed, sort of you know Mm. not real um delivery of those photos or whatever but thinking about the grass is greener you just got to you've got to just ignore what other people are doing and concentrate on what you're doing and like i said there's different challenges for every industry like we were just speaking before with homewares and furniture like there's the storage issues Mm. homewares and furniture is a lot harder to send through couriers whereas Mm. fashion you just fold up a piece of clothing and put it in a satchel you know yeah it's unbreakable so many different so there's fours and against for everything um but but I, I think we yeah,
1: realized that fashion was. It
0: wasn't our passion. It wasn't sort no, of. No, because we'd
1: come from that and it was almost like. Oh. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, we, don't get me wrong though, like we really enjoyed it while we mm. were there. Um, things changed a little bit later on, but for other reasons, which we'll cover sort of later on in the podcast. But um, even just, yeah, it was just fashion, whether you do fashion or homewares, I think you can still create that amazing in-store experience how we did with the motorbike like normally you'd walk into a fashion store you wouldn't really expect to see a motorbike on a coffee table would you no. <laughs> so it's about making that store experience exciting and memorable and all that side of things but and yeah, it did work it, it, it definitely worked, you know, did like
1: we sold furniture we sold you know we had people asking to buy the motorbike we yeah sold tons of fashion everything we yeah. did it, it worked really really well yeah. like even looking back I sort of look back and think it was still a very relevant store Store. still would work today and you know even on a bigger format because it wasn't that big a store but um yeah it was such a great thing but it was it was i guess my one thing it was be was a lot of work having two very different uh, different sort of you know homewares and fashion it Mm -hmm. doubled your workload in a way
0: yeah, but and that was mainly because we had the two stores we as did. well. Like, yeah, all... so we were we weren't sharing that load. No. So when one of us would have to go to Sydney, it's like, well, who's going to work in that shop? Because mm. we were both working seven days a week in yeah. each store.
1: It's a bit. It, you can imagine if you went to see a supplier, it's whether it was homeware. Say it's homeware. You go see a supplier, and then. You can go, oh, well, that'll work in you know store A. Oh, that'd be great in store B. I'll put that in store B. Yeah. But you're killing two birds with one stone there because you're buying from one person and splitting your stock up depending on the relevance to what store or the brand it suits. Whereas with fashion, it's I've got to go see that supplier, do that, make my store A and B selections, and then I've got to go to my fashion, which is on a completely different time frame, level, place. Um, you know, the way you buy is different and you have to buy pack sizes and try and work out what you're going to be left over with. And, um, I just, we just found that was quite consuming and then probably, you know, looking back to, I think when we decided to drop fashion or not even drop all fashion, but drop the bulk of the fashion, it was, um, it was to focus better on on our strength. Yeah. Yeah. Because our strength was homewares. And, you know, like we started to go down that importing route, and, um, you know, you're very much more focused on interiors, Tara is anyway. But um, I think that was our focus, that was our strength. So we decided, well, let's just focus on our strength.
0: Having the clothing was exciting for a while there because I remember even when we started Few and Far, like, it was all those years ago and didn't really seem like there were that many men involved in homewares mm. and Danny was kind of always sort of like oh, I'm a man that ho- owns a homeware store it's kind of not really the image I had um seeing myself for myself but so having the clothing and danny working in indigo love worked really well because you know it was very much his style the dais clothing Mm. brand and all that sort of thing. so that was that made it really enjoyable and like he said the store did really well but uh, we ended up only staying there for about a year before we moved out which i won't kind of go into now because i've got that ready for you down the track but um The reason, the main reason why we did move out is because we had issues with that position that we were in, in terms of number one, the landlords, but number two, it was sort of off, you know, it wasn't on the main street. It was sort of down a bit of a side alley and we could see the difference between having a main street position and being, you know, tucked away around a corner. And we prob- also had a horrible landlord. Yeah, well, that's what I said. You yeah, they I mean, were awful. <laughs> yeah, no
1: dogs were allowed down, down, you know, anywhere near the building. No one no with bikes, a bike. You know, you're talking yeah. about a town that has a triathlon. Yeah. And, you know, these guys were throwing bikes off balconies if someone parked their bike. I mean, they were horrible. Yeah.
0: So that's one thing that I would say when you are looking for spaces to rent is if you don't get a good feeling from the landlord to begin with it's probably a good idea to kind of abort then
1: definitely because <laughs> it, it can really put you in a position where you have no control yeah and you know you, you, this is someone that's affecting your livelihood and you you know your dreams and your vision and they're coming along and just
0: oh well, Holy yeah, they would cha- they'd change the rules all the time. Mm. So, you know, and then every month that would go on, there'd be more and more rules about what you were and weren't allowed to do and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, really be cautious in terms of who you're actually entering into an agreement with and all that sort of thing. Landlord so,
1: needs to understand the, your business and understand yeah. how your business is going to work and the requirements of your business. And, you know, whether you're storing heavy furniture or your, you know you know selling bikes i don't know but yeah they need to understand what's what you know what's going to happen inside their building because once they hand over those keys realistically it's yours you know, yeah. you should be able to do whatever you want yeah um within within you know, the lease yeah agreement. within the lease agreement at yeah. least but you know if you want yeah. to do this it's yeah but these guys like you seriously could i remember mean, you couldn't touch a wall no you couldn't touch a wall no. <laughs> oh what are you doing to this wall don't worry we well, you've been painting it yeah <laughs> oh.
0: But yeah, no, it was a really fun time and it did, yeah, as we said, it did well. But I guess it, one of the other lessons that we learned was it was a really interesting experience mixing food with a lifestyle store so we kind of thought the initial appeal was because we thought you know there'll be so many people coming through the cafe so that we'll have that visibility on our brand and on our store and hopefully they'll have a coffee and something to eat in there and then they'll come in and maybe buy something from mm. us or whatever it might be but yeah it's they're two very different customers they, very different
1: and I don't know, I still don't know, if they work that well together. And no. Even in the places that, not so much even from our experience, but the places that I've been to where there's cafes inside homeware stores or they're just such a different dynamic.
0: Yeah, maybe got, I think co- like a coffee shop and that is okay because it's sort of somewhere mm. where you can sort of sit down and have a think about something, but a proper cafe restaurant and yeah i don't know it was more we just kind of get the kids running I mean, through I the clothes yeah because i
1: can remember <laughs> i can remember pilgrims coming over and, and it's i could sort of tell they sort of felt sorry for us they're like oh you know we're so busy you guys have only got like four people in your store and i mean i was like what what, what do you mean like, <laughs> oh because we're busy and i'm like yeah but this you're selling i mean someone can't come into a food store and spend two thousand dollars on a piece of furniture no okay well they can if you're selling your furniture but generally you know in cafes it's bums on seats it's a different
0: numbers game yeah yeah. it's a
1: totally different um, machine so for us we didn't really need the numbers in the store as much as we just needed people buying things when they did come in and that worked really well for us but visually for them they just looked at us and thought we've only got four people in and we've got you know five tables busy it's i was always like don't worry about me i'm fine like and i think when we were open and honest about it they were sort of shocked at oh yeah. i get okay i get it i get how it works so cafes to me is a real numbers game whereas i think when you're selling retail it's a it's more margin orientated and it's stock relevant and you know you, you don't need necessarily need to have that many people is if you've got good stock and your prices are right your margins right and yeah um, and
0: you've got kind of good conversion rates i guess in terms of who comes through yeah
1: but in saying that the whole reason why i brought that up was that they came across sort of almost feeling sorry for us because they had a full cafe and obviously you know people come in browse around and walk out um so I, that was always my it's like. Well, does that, is that how everyone sees it? Is that how everyone that walks in here is seeing this business as you know? Oh, the cafe's busy, but not much going on over there. So they've mm. very different dynamics. So I was always concerned that you know you didn't need to have a lot of people in your store, but was that negative sort of feeling of um, you know because there's not many people in your store that, <laughs> that, that that it's not that good a store because. So that's where I kind of feel like mixing. Cafes where people sit down for an hour and you know drink coffee and spend fifteen dollars, you know consuming you for an hour and having to wash off all that and all their staff, and then you've got the opposite side. You've got minimal staff, really requirement only to service people, and then um, a model where people basically do transit through. Mm. um, Just two completely different models. I just don't know if they work. I remember when you
0: sort of. You know, obviously, that was kind of getting to you a little bit. You probably did start doubting yourself a little bit because I'd be working in the other store and you'd be working in Indigo Love and you'd ring me and you'd be like, What's it like over there? Are you busy? <laughs> that
1: was just more a just bit a of an us versus gauging. You know, me versus you. <laughs> um, but that's where you talk about the main street. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, we could, have, we could yeah. just generally have less foot traffic being off the street. So, yeah, location, That that's the...
0: Yeah, the reason that we actually did consider that down-the-alley side street position was because we were going to be sharing with the cafe so and therefore pilgrims pilgrims, had, pilgrim's a, cafe, had a brand
1: established brand in milton and everyone was excited about it coming
0: yeah it was a like, pilgrims is coming pilgrims mm. is coming and i know you know so yeah having having that kind of as a backup was what um allowed us to make that decision i'd, I'd still always go for a, a main street position any day yeah. but
1: but as much as all that I don't know what it sounds like, but it was actually a very hectic yeah. um, year. I don't yeah. know how long we were there for. I can't even remember, but that whole getting that started, getting it done—you mm-hmm. know, what we, you know, going ship, uh, ordering in container, and the fit all those out, things, fitting fit out, money. And spending all that money, and then eventually actually moving out of there—it um, did seem like a bit of a stressful experience, sort of sharing that space and, and sort of having business partners, but not business partners. Um, and, and not having the total control that you're used to having yeah. your own business. And I think that was such a good learning curve for us and yeah. such a, you know, it was a, a, lot happened in a short period of time that taught us a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and actually looking back to it, it, it showed us who, what we were good at mm. and you know, and probably things that, you know, when you're good at something, yeah, that's what you should do. Even if you're good at that, but not so good at that, well, you do the bit you're good at because you're yeah. going to enjoy that more and, you, and when you're passionate about something, it's easier to sell and it's easier yeah. to work with and it's easier to buy.
0: It also taught us to have a focus, really.
1: It did. Yeah,
0: you have to focus on one thing, and I'm guilty of. I'm so guilty of you coming up with all of these ideas and wanting to follow all of them, but then in the end, you realize you if you do follow all of them, this is
1: this is one of those ideas (laughs) which which I'm saying, Tara. No, 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 I'm
0: keeping this one. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm guilty for coming up with a lot of ideas and trying to, you know pursue all of them but when you do pursue all of them and this isn't one of all of them when you do pursue all of them you don't do them all well so if you just focus on the thing that you're good at and you will you do that well then Mm. that's what's going to make you successful because yeah trying to do everything is just too stressful and it won't be as successful as what it ultimately could be should you be focusing on that one thing
1: and not, and not try to be someone you're not or two, yeah. you know. That's, I yeah. mean, not that I think we did that, but you see a lot of that in brands, trying to be someone you're not. And, you, and when you get out, it sort of puts you out of your comfort zone and then you can tell.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: You know, be, be what comes naturally because that'll be the easy one to sell and the easy one to understand. And,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you've got experience in that, so...
0: And that's the least stressful path as well because when you're trying to be something you're not, it's always confusing. Mm. It's always hard. Mm. So... Yeah, some really key learning experience in this one, from traveling overseas to opening a second store to partnering up with another business to learning, landlords. Learning
1: about shipping. Shipping. And learning about, you know, storage. know. Yeah, um, yeah, that was crazy.
0: Yeah. So I hope you've really enjoyed that conversation and I want to say thank you again, Danny, for coming in. <laughs> I know I'm going to be able to get you on another one. I know it. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> um, yeah. So thanks very much. And I really hope that you've all enjoyed this episode and you know, you can take something from all of those lessons that we've learned. Thank you for joining me this week on the Trade Wins podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or have found value in this podcast, I'd love you to leave me a review on iTunes or to share it on Instagram and Facebook for your friends. To see what special pieces of the world we've brought home, make sure you visit our website at fewandfar.com.au or pop into one of our beautiful stores located in Huskisson, Berry or Barrel in New South Wales. And if you're thinking about starting your own retail business but aren't sure where to begin or you have an existing business you want to grow, head over to my website tarasolberg.com for more information on my Trade Wins online course where I share everything I wish I had known when I was first starting out in business. I look forward to you joining me again for our next episode. Thank you for listening.